Hello and welcome to another episode of the Gospel Forum Podcast. We are a collective of Reformation-minded Christians. My name is Pilgrim Benham. And I'm Dan Sardinas. And I am Sean Otto. And uh, we are excited to talk today through some great content. Actually, before we get to that, though, we we have a special day, a special season. It should be a national (laughs) holiday. I have no idea why it's not. But today is a very special day. Okay, why is today a special day? Because it's opening day. <laughs> opening day. I did not know that NFL opening day was for, for those oh. who aren't sports people, opening day for? The national pastime. Oh, um, there which you go. Will forever All be right. the national pastime, no matter how unpopular it gets. <laughs> baseball is back. Mm-hmm. So yes, baseball, count, baseball games count as of today, moving forward. Spring okay. training is over. Shortened spring training. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. almost in jeopardy, right? There was yeah, a, we didn't even know if we were going to get a baseball season mm-hmm. because uh, the owners locked out the players. They had to come up with a new collective bargaining agreement. And um, in the 11th hour, they did it to save the season. Okay. So uh, so at the end, the season was delayed by a week, and, short, and spring training was shortened, but it's all good. We have baseball. Yeah, and I don't remember. I know NBA players, NFL players make a lot, but comparatively... Major League Baseball, still pretty crazy amount of money. Uh, yes. And one thing to understand about baseball contracts is they're guaranteed. Okay. And so, like, football, the only thing that's guaranteed is the signing uh, bonus they sign. Mm. So, And that's sure. spread out over the l- length of the contract. So if they get hurt, they still get their signing bonus. Baseball, it's uh, pretty much a guaranteed contract. So you get hurt, you still get paid. Wow. All right. Even if you're cut. I missed my mark. <laughs> no, that's great. And obviously, you're excited for the Rays. You're, you're a huge Rays fan. No. No, not at all. That's it's our blasphemy. local team. Come on. No, I can uh, No. No, they're not the local team. If you go to a, if you go to a Rays game, they when are, they're playing yeah, anyone right. of any, of any salt. The yeah. Yankees are the local yeah, team. The Yankees true. play in Tampa. So yeah, I mean, they do. The Yankees, right. So we went to a Yankees game a few years ago with some folks from church, and literally every play people cheered. Yeah. So oh, yeah. if it was a home run for the Yankees, people cheered. Home run for the Rays, <laughs> yeah. people cheered. Absolutely. Uh, that's so, great. Poor that's Rays. Great. They, yeah. they keep winning games, but they can't get more fans. So. I grew up in the Midwest, so it was St. Louis Cardinals there. So okay. uh, we're actually planning to go up this summer and so, watch a game. Wow. So yeah. most, so championship, most, yeah, most championships go. in history, New York Yankees, 27. And if you're a real Yankee fan, that's all you'll ever say, and that's why people hate us. 27 championships. But the second most championships, do you know who it is? No. St. Louis Cardinals. Really? 11. Did not know that. 11 championships. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, there you go. Yeah, Cardinals are a very storied franchise as well. Yeah. Wow. I nice. feel left out here. <laughs> well, uh, today we have But Tom a, Brady's coming back. Tom Brady yeah. is coming back. Yeah, I'm very, very excited about that. Yeah, and I despise Tom Brady for so many years because mm. Patriots. Yep. It's a New York-Boston thing, you know what I mean? So I'm a, I'm a New York guy. But uh, I, it's funny to me, but I don't despise them as much mm-hmm. <laughs> being on, on, the, on the Buccaneers. But it's, yeah. all, it's all good. Yeah. I was actually happy he won the Super Bowl uh, yeah. a couple years ago. So It was, it was, a, it was a crazy crazy event that he would even yeah. show up here. Yeah. And then he'd leave after this year, and then he'd pop back Come in. Come back, so yeah. We'll it's happens. such yeah. a Brady thing to do. But mm-hmm. anyway. All right. All right. Well, let's get let's get going. Yeah. So um, today our, our topic uh, is the servant of the Lord and Isaiah fifty three. And actually, Dan has written uh, an awesome uh, expositional devotional on Isaiah fifty three. 
So before we get into the actual content of the yeah. of the book, tell us why you wrote this, uh, what what led to it, what are you excited about, and uh, we're also going to have copies of this available on our website, and we're doing a giveaway on Instagram as well. There you but, go. So if you're not following us on Instagram, get on it. Yeah, and Twitter apparently. And Twitter. Twitter. Who knew? Uh, we had a Twitter account. There you go. <laughs> well, Nick Potts did, but you know, no, Nick, yeah. sorry, Nick. Did he know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell us about about the book. What led you? Um, you do write devotionals for your church right, right. often, but tell us um, why this specific topic. Yeah, I do so to disciple our people, and. Um, we're coming up to, of course, to Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday. So I wanted something to uh, uh, focus our attention on the cross and uh, the gospel once again. Uh, did that last Easter as well with the two. Um, so I wanted to do something like that again. Um, I was kind of gripped by Isaiah 53 lately, just digging through that, studying it, and um, also hope for it to be a witnessing tool for Jewish people. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. So, um, that being said, how what is the background of Isaiah fifty three? What do the Jews what what are their perspectives of that? Because it's a very we would call it a messianic uh, portion of scripture. Yeah. There's a lot of New right. Testament references yeah. that point back to Isaiah fifty three, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but if I'm a if I'm a Jew and I'm reading, mm -hmm. you know, I'm an Israelite reading Isaiah fifty two and fifty three, what conclusions am I coming to? Well, it, it depends because there's a, there's a widely um, diversified opinion on that. So uh, the Jewish people, as a, I, I would think in general, would not consider it to be messianic. And I think there's um, reasons for that. One is they look at the text, and Isaiah 53 is actually the fourth of the servant songs. Uh, there's three other that precede it. And actually, in those other three songs, Israel is, re is referred to as the servant of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so you get to Isaiah 53, and it just says, my servant. Um, however, so they would, some Jews would take the perspective that it's not messianic, that it's actually the nation of Israel that is the servant of the Lord. Um, <laughs> which is problematic. Which is very problematic mm -hmm. because the servant of the Lord was to be righteous and innocent and save Israel from Israel. Um, and their and and their sins. Mm -hmm. So how can you save yourself from your sins? So it's a very complicated mess right there. Um, so there's some textual ways, but of course, if you get to the context and you see who is this servant of the Lord in the other three, it cannot be a group of people. It has to be an individual who does who can only do these things. And obviously, we would say that is Jesus, mm -hmm. and it is indeed messianic. And taking it as a whole and exegeting that out, I think you come to that conclusion. Yeah. Uh, but also the other Jewish people don't even know Isaiah 53 even exists. Uh, Isaiah 53 uh, in the uh, readings in the synagogue, in many synagogues, is skipped over. So uh, in the synagogue, they'll read through the Torah, of course, uh, the Old Testament. But when they get to the end of chapter 52, they, the next week, they'll go to 54. Wow. And so that's been documented um, uh, very strongly uh, through that. So some Jews don't even know it exists because they don't never hear it in the synagogue readings, and others come up with an excuse uh, as to why it cannot be messianic. But I think that's just not an honest look at, at the text. And the reason for both of those responses is because it's blatantly clear when yes. you just mm -hmm. give it a cursory reading. This is clearly speaking yeah. to a future servant uh, who's going to do or have all these things um, occur 
in, in his life. Um, and so it's, it's clearly, you know, that's the position we're yeah. coming from, from church history, from the scripture as Christians, mm-hmm. we're, we're interpreting Isaiah 53 in light of the cross of Christ. Absolutely. And I don't think that is a dishonest take either, because when you see what Isaiah wrote, it's almost as if he jumped in a time machine, went forward 700 years, and was stood, stood at the foot of the cross and observed everything that Jesus went through, and then went back and then wrote everything he saw. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's very vivid, it's very exact, and it, I don't see how anyone cannot believe that it's, it is Jesus, which is probably why it is skipped over in the synagogue, because it probably causes some confusion. Sure. Yeah, problematic, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a really good YouTube video by Tree of Life Ministries as well that actually does man-on-the-street interviews. Um, and there's a Jewish man who's a Christian, and he's reading. He asks people, hey, have you ever heard of Isaiah 53? Many people say no. So he reads it to them, and then he gets to the end, and he says, well, who do you think this is referring to? And some of them say, well, it sounds like Jesus. <laughs> um, wow. It's incredible. You need to look up that, uh, that interview on, on uh YouTube. We can put a link in the show. Yeah, notes we could do that as well. Absolutely. Well, let's let's dive into it. Um, let's do it. Why don't we have um, Sean? Would you like to read? We'll just go a few verses into it and um, make some comments on it. Sure. And as Dan pointed out, it actually starts at the end of chapter fifty-two, right? Uh, starting in verse thirteen. So uh, maybe I'll start there and read through verse fifteen, or yep. slightly into fifty-three. So uh, Isaiah says, "Behold." My servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind, so shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him, for that which has not been told them they see, and that which they have not heard they understand. And I should point out I'm reading from the ESV, so... Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So some things that jump out at us, um, we have the word behold, which is always important. Pay attention. Pay Mm -hmm. attention. Don't skip over this next section, Mm -hmm. Israel. Uh, My servant. So that's an important aspect. Right. That's, that's who, that's how we identify who this is in reference to Mm -hmm. and goes along with the previous, previous three servant songs. Right. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. Um, so that's that's an odd statement for a servant. Mm-hmm. You would expect a servant to be in their lowly place, and Correct. here's a servant who is brought up. Mm-hmm. Well, you you actually him. point out in your book mm-hmm. that's a threefold exaltation. Right. Maybe explain that a little bit. What you mean by that? Yeah. So high, lifted up, exalted. Uh, John MacArthur says it kind of sounds redundant, but it's actually not. It's there's different levels of exaltation. There, high, lifted up, and then exalted. And MacArthur points out how that refers to Christ, um, that he is, uh, that he is um, high, so he resurrects from the dead, he ascends, he's lifted up, mm-hmm. and he's exalted, he's glorified and worshiped mm-hmm. with the name that's above every name forever. That's and so, um, so interestingly, most songs ser- uh, save the climax or the high point of the song until the chorus or until later on. But actually, this servant song begins with the climax. Before we even know what he will endure, we see the end result of his suffering. We see the end result of his service to the Lord is exaltation, mm-hmm. you know, is, is uh, success. And actually, the very first phrase there, my servant shall act wisely. Mm-hmm. 
The word wisely there basically means successfully. So from the very beginning, we know that whatever the servant of the Lord does, he does it successfully. He knows how to accomplish what the Lord wants, and he does it well. And that's why he's high, lifted up, and exalted. That's great. Sure. It's awesome. And just as we hit this, this great crescendo right out of the gate, we then come to a very surprising next statement. Right. Which is an astonishment, an appearance that's, that's marred. So this is not good news. No, mm. no. And the word astonished there means uh, horrified. Mm. So it's not just astonish, uh, oh, wow, look at that. That's pretty cool. It's a, wow, I can't even look at that. Mm-hmm. It's, and the reason he can't look at it, the reason it's so horrific to look at the servant is because he is marred beyond human semblance. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think we can even comprehend, guys, the, the level of abuse and torture that the mm-hmm. Lord Jesus endured mm-hmm. at the hands of the Romans, uh, what the crucifixion really mm-hmm. entailed, the flogging from, um, the C- from Caesar, um, not Caesar, from Pilate, uh, ordered, by, ordered by the Romans. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was beaten up so badly, as Isaiah was saying. Uh, his beard being plucked out, all that, that's even in one of the previous servant songs. Um, spit upon, whipped, uh, mocked. It's all inclusive of that. And that's, and that's just uh, with Rome. But prior to that, he had endured an entire evening of right. false accusations, exactly. and lies, right. and deception. Exactly. Right. Um, Occasionally, yeah. you'll see a, a Hollywood depiction of that, and yeah. movies are questionable many times. But it's hard to watch right. even a reenactment of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that would look yeah, like. and I don't even you know we always think of you know Mel Gibson's The Passion mm-hmm. movie, which that people were horrified looking at that. Mm-hmm. I believe it, it, it was even much worse mm-hmm. than that, uh, mm-hmm. com- even considering. Um, what what Isaiah is saying here. Mm. Mm-hmm. So moving on uh, in verse fifteen, kings shall shut their mouths because of him for that which has not been told them they see that which they've not heard they understand. Seems a little cryptic. Yeah, the word sprinkle there is actually interesting, and Bible scholars cannot agree on exactly what it means, but it almost has like a twofold meaning. The sprinkling there kind of refers to a, like a priestly role. Like a, like a redeeming role. So what is he going to do? He's going to sprinkle many nations. Mm-hmm. That's Gentiles. Mm-hmm. So that's Gentiles is basically the word for nations. So this servant not only is going to be the servant Lord for Israel, it'll, he'll be the servant for the many nations. So he will sprinkle, like uh, act as a priest on behalf, mm-hmm. on behalf of the world. Um, but also the word sprinkle also means startled. Uh, he's a startling servant, so he surprises. Mm-hmm. And how does he surprise? Well, first he redeems Gentiles. You know, <laughs> that's, that's pretty. That's, that's pretty a, that's surprising to the Jew <laughs> as yeah, well. Yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah. Uh, but he also startles kings. Uh, they're left speechless at him. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to say. Uh, and the things that they have been told, they see. Like, and the things that which they have not heard, they understand. And I kind of believe that that's in reference to the glorious appearing, the second coming, mm-hmm. uh, when Jesus is revealed to all of creation as the King of kings and Lord of lords mm-hmm. and uh, wages war against God's enemy, mm-hmm. enemies there at the, at the last day. Um, I think kings will shut their mouths because they'll see the glory of King Jesus right. and they will be startled, mm-hmm. to say the least. For sure. Why don't we read a little bit further? Sure, you want me to keep going? Sure, I'd be happy to. So let's start in uh, chapter 53 now, uh, verse 1. It says, Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? 
For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Hmm. Yeah, what's interesting here, of course, this is a prophecy of the future, but what you will notice is all the verbs are past tense. Mm -hmm. So this is something that a future people from Isaiah's day were going to say about the past. So that's something to just put in context. Uh, 52, the final three verses there, that's the Lord speaking, my servant. Now the uh, speaker changes to a different people in the future looking at a past event. So that's okay. helpful yeah. to understand the context here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it becomes a, a becomes a we and an us. Mm -hmm. Correct. And so a plural people instead of just mm -hmm. the Lord speaking. Yeah. So he had no former majesty that we should look at him. Correct. Um, Correct. Okay, so so what is this growing up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground? That seems very uh, pictorial. Yeah, I think it has to do with that that they they obviously would not believe him when he came because they did not expect him to be who he was. And so the whole picture of a young plant there is something weak. Um, and, and it's actually even more dis descriptive than that. The young plant is like a, a like like a, a sucker plant. Mm. Um, it's just to be chopped something, off. Something you destroy. Exactly. Like it's useless. So he grew he grew up before them like like a young plant. Mm -hmm. Like something like, who is this? Mm -hmm. You know, kind of reminds us of, isn't this the carpenter's yeah, son? the familiarity. Yeah, right. could anything good yeah. come out of Nazareth? Right. That's kind of like the whole picture there. Um, and out of a root, out of a dry ground. Well, what does a root and a dry ground serve? What purpose does it serve? Mm -hmm. Yeah, not much. Nothing, right? Yeah. right? Except to trip people up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a yeah. tripping hazard. And so, so they would not believe that he was a servant of the Lord or the Messiah because they, here's this rabbi who's walking around teaching against the law of Moses, you know, uh, from, from their vantage point. Um, he's the carpenter's son. Don't we know his parents, Joseph and Mary? Brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, us. yeah. Um, and and, and a, as a result of all that, he's like a root of dry ground. Mm-hmm. What's the big deal? He's just going to trip people up, and mm -hmm. and they were tripped up over him, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah sure. I'm always um, compelled when I see the word "root" in the Old Testament. You know, to think of Isaiah 11, the root of Jesse. Yes. You know, the the future Davidic king that's going to come. And there's a lot of, of a symbolism. Stump, you know, Amen. symbolically. Yeah, there's a lot, and even in Isaiah, there is, Isaiah's uh, mentions that about the root. Yeah. In chapter 11. Oh, you just said that. Never mind. <laughs> so, so no former majesty, no beauty that we should desire him. Um, so how does that speak to, to Jesus? That there was, uh, there was not a, uh, a, a, an exalted form or an exalted majesty in his, in his human and Maybe appearance. even answer the question you know, today when people try to depict Jesus. It's, it's a stunning Model GQ the, the, model, yeah, GQ model. How does that fit with what Isaiah is saying here? It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. You know, the the Jesus actors that you see in most of the Jesus movies or the paintings or whatever look like they could be, you know, models out of a men's magazine or something like that for fashion. But obviously, 
There, here's, here's the whole idea. There is nothing about the servant of the Lord, there was nothing about Jesus that when you looked at him, you're like, that's the son of David. That's the one who's going to rescue us. There's nothing. It's, it's not like a celebrity who looks good and has good charisma or... The British accent. Right. Ex- right. <laughs> There's not, there was nothing about him that would say, that's the guy, yeah. right? Let's go after him. Yeah. So he was just going to be, here's the thing. The servant of the Lord, the Messiah, was going to be an ordinary Joe from that perspective, physically. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's nothing to attract us to him. That's the whole idea. And we see that fulfilled in the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. So then it goes on in verse 3 and uh, mentions that um, this servant is despised and rejected by men. So he's not embraced by men. He's, he's spurned by them. He's hated, despised, yeah. And what do we see? He, you know, John chapter 1, he came to his own. Yep. His own did not receive him. That's they, right rejected him even his own brothers john chapter 7 didn't didn't believe mm-hmm. um, what does it mean by a man of sorrows acquainted with grief does that mean jesus was just a sad a sad guy uh no it, it does not uh a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief those words there in the hebrew the sorrows refer to um sickness like a sickness uh what causes sickness sin Right, in many respects, especially in their day, yeah. where they blamed everything. It's just like the guy who was born blind. They asked Jesus, yeah. "Who sinned, his mother or his father, that he was born blind?" Sorrows has a very deep connotation to the word sin, uh, and I mean to sickness. And griefs has a connotation to 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 the word sin. Okay. Um, and so, so the whole idea is that he would be acquainted with the sufferings of their people. He would not be a, like a high priest who is distant from how we feel, right? But he was touched in every way, mm-hmm. uh, yet without sin, right? Mm-hmm. So he knew what it was like to hurt. He knew what it was like uh, for us to be uh, scarred by sin. Mm-hmm. And he acquainted himself with our suffering in that way. And, um, and we see that as mm-hmm. Jesus ministers to just about everyone, mm-hmm. right? Right. So Jesus laughed at times, had joy at times. Oh, yeah. yeah. So some people would argue, oh, no, Jesus never. There's no humor there. There's mm-hmm. no light side of Jesus. But that stands in contradiction right. to what we would understand about him. I mean, I, as far as, I think we see this mo, mo, most preeminently in the garden as he is sweating as right. if it were great drops right. of blood. Why? It's, this is a heavy thing. Of course. This is a very uh, weighty thing on his shoulders. Father, let this cup pass from me, if it be your will. Right. right? So he's acquainting the sorrows of God's people on himself. Mm. He, that's his mission. He will act wisely in that and be mm. successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You actually mentioned in your book, in, in that section, you said it was mankind that deserved to be blotted out and wiped from memory. Right. Uh, however, it was Jesus who suffered the fate that they and many others wished upon him. Right. So he was acquainted. It was us who deserved mm-hmm. it, but he was acquainted. He, right. he took that. Absolutely. So, yeah. That's good. And then it says, as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, we esteemed him not. And in, in your book, you, um, you mentioned that the Jews still despise and reject Jesus today. They actually take the, the Hebrew pronunciation of Jesus, which is Yeshua, yes. and they shorten it to Yeshu, Yeshu. Which, mm-hmm. is, uh, which is not a compliment. No, it's uh, Yeshu is an acrostic, which basically means in Hebrew, may his name be, may his name 
and memories be blotted out forever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they wish him dead. They wish he wouldn't have never ex- existed uh, to, to begin with. And again, it goes with he was despised and rejected, mm-hmm. a man of sorrows. Um, so, yeah, there's still much hatred for Jesus today. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the people who would say that would be the, the Orthodox Jews would sure. say the name just Yeshu. Right. Uh, matter of fact, in that video I referenced earlier, you know, they, they, some even say Yeshu in that video okay. as they're talking about Jesus. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah, so this isn't a blanket condemnation or sweeping statement or judgment against all Correct. all who, of right. Israeli descent. We we actually want right. to encourage Correct. Um, yeah, and I and I've re, you know, this. and I have sources for all that in the book too. Sure. Just, yeah. Sure. All right, so we get really to the meat of it here in uh, starting in verse 4. Mm-hmm. Sure. So uh, verse 4 it says, "Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows." Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This is where it becomes, for the first time, self-reflective. Mm-hmm. Their understanding in the previous ones, he was a man of sorrows and equated with grief. <laughs> That's why he suffered. Mm. But then, wait a minute, surely, whose griefs and sorrows was it? Mm. It's, it's it was ours. ours. Mm-hmm. He took that upon him. Yet we, we esteemed him, we counted him, stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. So we thought that what he was enduring and what he went through was his own fault and God was just punishing him. And we see that uh, testimony confirmed in the gospels we see the yeah. the jews condemning mm-hmm. uh, jesus on the cross saying hey you know if if you want to cry out to <laughs> yeah. yeah to to jehovah you know to yahweh cry out to him right. um, obviously this is a man yeah. who gets what he deserved yeah. and he's he's it, under god's condemnation exactly. he's the des- deserving servant so they, mm-hmm. he he he's getting what he had coming to him mm-hmm. You know and, what I mean? This is his fault. Yeah. If you are who you are, bring yourself down from the cross. Yeah. It's just that mocking right. attitude. But this future people is now realizing, wait a minute. It, no, it was our griefs and sorrows. Mm-hmm. He was smitten by God for us. Mm-hmm. Because of us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't his sorrows. It was, his, it was ours. Mm-hmm. We're the ones who were deserving. He didn't deserve this. And that's what, that's what we're seeing here in this passage. So we really see penal substitutionary atonement. Oh, absolutely. Especially in verse 5. He was pierced. Literally, that's a, that's a, a very descriptive word. Yeah. That, very uh, violent word, actually. Yes. In, in the Hebrew. Uh, the words pierced, crushed, all very violent. And that is really an apt picture of what happens. Uh, you literally, your body is pierced by nails mm-hmm. um, when you're... Um, condemned to crucifixion but like you said it wasn't for his own transgressions he was not a sinful servant right sinless who takes our transgressions that's why he went to calvary for us that's right for us you mentioned something there you know penal substitution and and of course there's all all kinds of different theories there but uh but i think that that theory of of atonement is supported right there Mm -hmm. Uh, you see it he took our punishment uh, in our place, uh, I don't think you can get around that in no. any way and still have the gospel uh, stand. No, I don't think you can have the gospel without it. Right. Um, you know, there's different theories on the atonement, and 
you know, I don't think any of them are biblical except penal substitution. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like saying I'm breathing air, but there's no oxygen. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. that is that is the God. That's the yeah. the, the meat. Yeah, of pierced our for what our transgressions, right. crushed for what our iniquities. Right. He didn't do anything. We did, and right. now he's being blamed as if he did it. He's being treated as if, uh, you know, as if he had sinned. Mm -hmm. um, so. And so, what is the result of that? The result immediately is peace and uh, healing, mm -hmm. uh, and the fact that the iniquity, not just uh, a personal iniquity, but in verse six, the iniquity of us all. Correct. Mm -hmm. So this is a sweeping. This is all, not just all of Israel, yeah. but all of mankind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, of course, the prosperity people love and faith healers like to say, "By his wounds we are healed." Mm -hmm. By his stripes. By his yeah. stripes we are yeah. healed. Right. Of course, they're they're using that for physical healing, where obviously, when you look at the words, the wounds are the comes from the griefs and the sorrows. Those are all related to sin. Mm -hmm. So this is very centric on sin here, not uh, on spiritual healing, salvation, right. not redemption. You know. Not from a healed from cancer or healed from whatever ailment that I have. Of mm -hmm. course, the Lord does heal, but this is not referring to that Jesus didn't die so we would be free of cancer sure. uh, in this life. Of course, one day cancer will be gone forever. Right. That's right. for sure. There's an eternal way that he abolishes all sickness and sin. Sure. Um, but it, it deals with sin, not just sickness. And, and maybe this is another episode for another time, but... Uh, when it says he's laid on him the iniquity of us all, how do you then refute the person who says, oh, well, this is a universalist type mindset. Uh, everybody gets this healing. Right. Pilgrim? <laughs> That's a that future be, episode. That is a future episode. <laughs> we'll do devote, another one sometime. We'll save that. We'll save that. We'll save that. Perfect. Sure. But, you know, in the same way, the peace that we have is not, um, you know, peace from war uh, or uh, just inner peace. It, it's peace with God, Romans mm -hmm, chapter 5. Mm -hmm. We have peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And so it's a physical and mm -hmm. it's a it's a spiritual chastisement right. that Jesus endures. Mm -hmm. That doesn't secure for us physical blessings. Um, the, the, could that be in addition to the spiritual blessings? Perhaps. But what we are secured is mm -hmm. a, a spiritual peace with the Father. Mm -hmm. We're secured a spiritual healing from our sin. Mm -hmm. And uh, the you know the Lord I think it's interesting in verse six we have uh, we have the L O R D which is a transliteration of Yahweh mm -hmm. so Yahweh was involved in this mm -hmm. crushing in this chastising right. which uh, we get into a little bit down in verse ten yes um, and really that there was a will behind all of this right and so. Yeah. Um, Let's, let's keep reading. Sure. So start, uh, verse 7 says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people, and they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, Although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Mm. Yeah, this is, again, just taking the previous passage even further. Oppressed, afflicted, and now what he would... He's being, he's being treated unjustly, it would seem, uh, from, you know, at the hands of his own people. Um, but in spite of all that, does he retaliate? Does he fight back? Mm. Does he try to stop it? 
Does he plead his case? Does he say, I'm innocent? He opens not his mouth. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea here is that he's a willing servant. Mm -hmm. He's a willing servant. He, he's not doing this because he's being coerced to. He's doing this because he is the servant of the Lord, and he will act wisely mm -hmm. and successfully. And that's why I think that whole song starts with that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It starts with his, the end result of all of that, and then it shows you how it all plays out. Yeah. Uh, and the whole idea of a lamb going to the slaughter a lamb doesn't know it's about to be slaughtered, right? Right. So it's there's going. There's innocence it's, there. Yeah, there's yeah. an innocence. It's going to the lamb to the slaughterhouse willingly, mm -hmm. and so of course Jesus did know. Of course, obviously right. that's brought out very clearly the night before, in, in the night of in the garden, uh, where he's praying and asking the cup to be passed. But the whole idea there is not that he's uh, ignorant of what's about to happen, but that he's willing, mm -hmm. even though. He knows what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So he goes like a lamb to the slaughter, mm -hmm. uh, not fighting back, not retaliating. Mm -hmm. What a yeah, beautiful uh, It says in Matthew 15, 23, he did not answer, um, answer or actually uh, Matthew 27, 12 is what I was mm -hmm. looking up. Um, he, he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, and he could have very easily answered that accusation because these were false, right. false charges brought up. Um, or he could clarify what I meant by what I meant by destroying the temple and rebuilding it was yeah. my own body, uh, but it says he did not answer, right. and so mm -hmm. clearly um, we know he was silent before even the governor. So yeah, not my will be done, but your will. That's what mm -hmm. he prayed. Mm -hmm. So oppression and judgment—that's the whole illegality of what's happening. And then here's the thing: his own generation—that's the people who lived with him. Who would think that he? be cut off out of the land of the living, that's another way to say dead, mm -hmm. you know, that he would die for what? The transgression of my people. Here's the prophet Isaiah saying, my people, mm -hmm. you know, who considers in the time that he will live that those people would think that he was doing this for them? Mm -hmm. None of them, you yeah. know, right? none of them. Yeah. There's such an unexpected um, aspect to all of this. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's a surprise. Mm -hmm. um, Okay, and then we have a, a really uh, explicit um, fulfillment of verse 9. Mm -hmm. They made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death. So there's two things happening there. Yeah, pretty obvious. So yeah. What do you ha so well, who, who's the grave with the wicked? Yeah, so there he's hanging between thieves, Two right? thieves. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and the rich man in his death? Mm -hmm. There they bury him in a tomb Joseph of a rich of man, Arimathea. right? That's mm -hmm. right. Yeah, it's again, it's like Isaiah hopped in a time machine, but even better than a time machine, <laughs> this is God breathed scripture. Holy Spirit's telling him what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, although, again, here is his innocence is brought up again. Although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth, mm -hmm. everything he said was the truth. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. Awesome. So then we come to verse 10, and really, I, I think this is where we see. Uh, the purpose of the eternal purpose or will of the Father in all of this, because yeah. um, some would today argue this is divine child abuse. Correct. We talked a little bit about that in one of the episodes we did with atonement, um, but we actually see there's there's something behind the scenes happening. Mm -hmm. um, if this is the servant of Yahweh, well, what is Yahweh's will in allowing His servant right. to endure this? Like, what's actually happening? So right. Yep. Read that. This is the verse that you referenced a moment ago, verse ten. Yet it was the will of the Lord uh, to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Mm -hmm. 
Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Well, there you go right there. Uh, he bore the sin of many, but not all. <laughs> there, we <go. laughs> there we go. So, okay, so it was the will of Yahweh to crush him. Mm. How is that reasonable? Yeah, and the word will there implies uh, an appeasement. Um, uh, I think uh, even the King James or another translation, it had pleased the Lord to crush him. The same mm-hmm. concept there is tied up with the word will. This is what the Lord wanted, mm-hmm. and, it, and, it, and it made and it brought him uh, joy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's... Sounds terrible, right, to think about that from one perspective. But the other, you have God who is acting justly for his glory, mm-hmm. right? His glory has been violated by rebellious sinners. And this is a way to vindicate the only thing that matters in the whole universe, God's glory, mm-hmm. right? Sin is an affront to God's glory. And don't forget the servant was willing, open not his mouth. Mm-hmm. He's a servant of Yahweh. He acts successfully and the end result of his suffering is what exaltation so it was the will so it was it pleased the lord to crush him because of everything that would happen as a result number one being justice for his glory but second the salvation of sinners to make many righteous um bearing their iniquities um and so on yeah a modern worship song in christ alone was recently adjusted um, by some churches where they they took out the phrase um, the wrath of God was satisfied and they replaced it with the love of God was magnified right and that's not incorrect but it's incomplete that's right uh, and we read in Romans 5 9 that we're saved from the wrath of God and that's so right Christ has done that so of course mm-hmm. it is the will of Yahweh to allow his son to endure that because of Ultimately, the end result, mm-hmm. which is his glory, which mm-hmm. is redemption, which is yes. resurrection. Which we see there in, also in verse 10. Mm. Verse 10 has death and resurrection. Well, where do you see that? Well, at, even though he dies, right? We already saw that. We, he's cut off out of the land of the living. Right. He has a grave with the wicked, mm-hmm. right? A rich man's tomb. It's a sad ending. Sad ending. Mm-hmm. But it's the will of the Lord to crush him. Why? Because when his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. How do you see your offspring? <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. if we're blessed enough, guys, we're, we might, you know, we might have children. Mm-hmm. We might see our grandchildren. Maybe our great grandchildren. I mean, that's a very could be. Mm-hmm. Gotta get started early. But great yeah. great grandchildren, <laughs> very rare. And very rare. And yeah. beyond that, impossible. Yeah. Right. He shall see his offspring. Why? Because the Lord's going to prolong his days. Mm-hmm. And the prolonging of days is a Hebrew expression that means eternal life. Hmm. So the Lord's, he, he, he lives forever is yeah. another way to say that. Well, how do you live forever even though you die? Mm-hmm. You have a resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you have the death and resurrection in this chapter. I mean, this is my, no wonder they skipped this over in the synagogue. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Well, one phrase that really jumped out at me is verse 11. A lot of times people will, will focus on verses 4 through through 9 and they don't ever get to 11 where it says by his knowledge shall the righteous one my servant make many to be accounted righteous yes he shall bear their iniquities yeah 
So here we have this glorious exchange. Mm -hmm. He bears their iniquities and he makes them to be righteous Mm -hmm. or even counts them to be righteous more more accurately. Um, He credits his righteousness over to them whom he has now redeemed. Too bad the book of Romans doesn't say anything about that. Here here we have the glorious doctrine of justification, Mm -hmm. um, imputation. Um, of our right of his righteousness to us and our sin to him and again it's brought up again it's brought up many times in the last two verses bearing their iniquities making intercession being numbered with them uh, yeah so, I like the intercession part too because uh, in a in a more localized sense Jesus did intercede absolutely for, he said father forgive them you know mm-hmm. to those who were yeah. Uh, actually condemning him and, and crucifying him mm-hmm. uh, we and have so, an advocate yeah. John says yeah. mm-hmm. you know uh, who's pleading on our behalf. Amen. Um, so, so, but also, so he's high, he's lifted, he's exalted. So he's resurrected, he's ascended, and now he's is worshiped forever in heaven. But now, as, Eve, as a result of his victory, verse 12 says, I will divide him. Here's the Lord speaking again, by the way. Mm-hmm. I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. When you win a war you get spoils, mm-hmm. right? You get uh, loot. Mm-hmm. So here's the greatness of this whole passage. Because he has won, he now has an inheritance. Mm-hmm. And does he keep it all for himself? Hmm. No, he divides it with his people, mm-hmm. right? We have this, that's, that reminds me of what Paul says in Ephesians 1, with the, uh, uh, we have every spiritual blessing, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, given to us through Christ Jesus. Yeah. Um, we have it all through him. Yeah. Everything we could ever want. Mm-hmm. New heavens, new earth. Jesus devises what and why does he do that? He acted wisely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he was high, lifted, exalted. Um, so you have exaltation, suffering, and then exaltation. Mm-hmm. And he's not done, as Pilgrim just said, because why? He makes intercession for the transgressors. So um, he continues this redemptive work in our lives until we are made whole. Yeah. So wow. that's great. So we have an article uh, that's also available on Isaiah 53, and of course we have uh, the great uh, booklet, the expositional devotional that you can pick up. How much is this? It's on Amazon for $7.99. $7.99? Awesome. We'll have it available, a link on our website, thegospelforum.com, or uh, there'll be a giveaway on our Instagram, which is at thegospelforum. I believe so. We also uh, have a Facebook page, too. Yes, we do. Yeah, and, like a Twitter. Twitter. and a Twitter page. And a Twitter page. We're all over the place. <laughs> um, before we wrap up uh, this episode, I uh, wanted to ask you guys, I, you talked about a time machine. So I was going to say, if you could take Doc Brown's DeLorean, <laughs> would you go back to 1985 <laughs> or 1885? Ooh. Because I would definitely go 1985. For sure. 85? Yeah. And I put some money in the stock market. <laughs> well, that's... There you go. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Forget um, Biff and the yeah. sports all night. <laughs> no, but um, on a serious note, um, we have a lot of our listeners who are part of churches that um, uh, every week are singing worship songs and we get requests as pastors, mm-hmm. like what are some good, mm-hmm. solid uh, worship bands or worship teams or uh, ministries that have a worship ministry? Um and, uh, and so we get questions a lot. I do. Um, what, what are, what's a good song? So I just want to ask, um, what's a song that has been ministering to your congregation, a solid song, uh, and maybe the, um, or, or even a, an artist who has written some good music? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, I, one song that we've just started singing again comes from Keith and Kristen Getty, which I, I love their music. They're very theologically sound. They're writing from a theological perspective, but they just came out a, uh, with a song with uh, Matt Boswell, Matt Papa called Christ, Our Hope in Life and Death. Yeah. Oh, love that song. It's kind of set up with like a question and answer. So they ask a question, what is our hope in life and death? And then they answer Christ alone, Christ alone. What is our only confidence that our souls belong to him? And then there's this chorus and just, oh, sing hallelujah. Uh, our hope springs eternal yeah. as we think about Christ, our hope in life and in death, right? So he's our hope because of what he accomplished here in mm. Isaiah 53. So any of their music, I just love it. So I'd highly recommend it. Awesome. Yeah, I guess for me, song that uh, we've sung a few times in recent months is... Uh, it's an old hymn, but it's actually been, I think the tune has been re rewritten by uh, Sovereign Grace Music and Bob Coughlin, mm. Whatever My God Ordains is Right. Mm. Uh, I've one, heard of that. Yeah, wonderful song. Uh, just about the sovereignty of God and you know, trusting in Him every day, no matter what happens. Uh, for example, like just like the fourth verse is, is always good. Whatever my God ordains is right, here shall my stand be taken through sorrow, need, or death be mine, yet I am not forsaken. Mm. My Father's care is round me there. He holds me that I shall not fall, and so to him I leave it all. Mm. I think that's a great one as people go through life mm -hmm. and realize if God is sovereign, then he has allowed these things into my life mm. for his glory and for my good. Mm -hmm. And so whatever comes in my life, it's it's good. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Love, right. love sovereign grace and what they mm -hmm. what they've been putting yeah. out mm -hmm. music wise. Um, a song that has really ministered to me um, and our fellowship is "Yet Not I," mm -hmm. but through Christ in me, uh, which is by City of Light, mm -hmm. which is a great, uh, great Australian band. worship band. And um, one of the um, one of the stanzas as we go into Good Friday and Easter this week. Says, no fate I dread, I know I am forgiven. The future, sure, the price it has been paid. For Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon, and he was raised to overthrow the grave. Just Amen. a great reminder Amen. that it's uh, it's not us in the end, it's through Christ uh, in yeah. us. Great. So just it puts it in the right perspective. So good. I love that. That's great. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate uh, you joining us on another episode of the Gospel Forum. And until next time. Keep, Keep on, on reforming. reforming.